<laughs> I feel like I'm at the Oscars. Please take your seats. That was such a heavy introduction, uh, of which I'm truly um, humbled. Um, I don't quite see myself there, but at least something for me to work towards as uh, you know, we seek to grow in the Lord. I trust you are all very well. It's a real privilege um, to, be, uh, to come and visit and to uh, just share uh, what I feel the Lord has um, uh, put on my heart. Um, what time do I finish, Aisha? Okay, thank you. Can I, um, first of all, just extend my greetings to Pastor Joe, obviously in his absence, but definitely Pastor Aisha and the ministry team and um, also all the leaders and the faithful members. Um, greetings to you. And um, also, it's really especially great to see uh, Daddy Buedu. Um, really good to see. I haven't seen him for quite a few years, so it's really great to see him. Um, I bring greetings from uh, South Woodford. Uh, the Lord is, is helping us um, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, fulfill the great commission, uh, should I say. So continue to pray for us, and uh, we will really be blessed by that. Um, I, want to, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 28. Now, Pastor Joe has uh, tasked me to speak about cell ministry. And um, we know this scripture very well. Matthew chapter 28. And from verse 18, let me read. It says, and Jesus came and spoke, and, spoke, and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And then I'd like to read a, a very small portion of scripture in uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 36. It says, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this time of being in your presence, and we do thank you for your spirit that is really evident here. And Father, we, we desire that you would continue to minister to us, your people, and that there will be that sense of connection, Lord, with our spirit and your spirit. And, and we ask that your Holy Spirit will bring what you have and will put it in our hearts that we might be able to continue as disciples 
uh, of Jesus Christ and making disciples of others. Father, we do ask that the anointing will continue to increase and that you will uh, truly establish and plant your word in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I've entitled what I'm going to share today, um, The Profound Effects of Cell Ministry. The Profound Effects of Cell Ministry. Um, And, you know, the title is quite loaded because often when we talk about cell ministry, at times we might not have the full understanding of cell ministry, what it does and how it impacts the lives of people and how it impacts the church. And um, I know Pastor Joe has uh, taught on this um, in varying times, I believe um, um, recently he's taught on it. And um, every time he does teach and I, and I listen to his teaching, there is a new and fresh truth that comes out. But then what also comes out is that uh, some of the uh, other truths, you have deeper revelations within it, you know, and very grateful for those teachings. The thing about cell ministry is that it's incredible how God seeks to use that to help people. God uses cell ministry on many levels. He uses it to help you as an individual. He uses it to help the church and he uses it to help the community where that church is represented in. Like for example, you take this church This church is planted in Greenwich, but has a representation or is planted, um, um, the the people are planted in different places within this borough and even outside of this borough. So it enables them to church have an extended reach beyond this immediate locality. I somehow want to just um, just share a little bit what I f- feel the Lord has put on my heart and in, 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 and in by no way is it going to uh, be systematic. So bear with me. But it seems as if God wants to, he takes this church and through cell ministry extends his hands through the people to touch different communities. And, and as he touches the, the different communities, the very life of God, the very presence of God, his very nature begins to unfold, you know, like a, like a beautiful flower. The petals are unfolding as the sun is shining on it. You find that that, that cell ministry is, is unfolding. And as it's unfolding, it begins, its fragrance begins to affect the place that it's been planted in. And so when it comes to cell ministry, we have to have a fresh and new perspective about it. And certainly, I want to have a fresh and new perspective about it. Because this very ministry that we are enjoying today, this very ministry that has a representation in India, in Kenya, in Sierra Leone, in Liberia, in Nigeria, and also in Ghana, and also in Peckham, where I live, this particular ministry, this ministry has affected all those areas. When I moved to Peckham many years ago, it had a reputation. Now there's gentrification from when I moved there. (laughs) Cell ministry is profound and it has amazing effects. Amazing effects. And when we look at the scriptures, we see that 
there is an assignment that God gives the church. He said to the early church, he said to the disciples, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to go and make disciples. That is, I want you to get a hold of people, impact them with a gospel, and then from that point, make them learners of the kingdom. Because the word to teach means a learner, to become a learner. The word disciple means a disciplined individual. And so we have this mandate through cell ministry to go and make disciples. In fact, it's far more effective that way for us to spread. So what happens is God releases a fire in this place and then we take that fire into our different localities. Now, so, so therefore, the, the, the profound effects are, 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 are many. It helps the church to grow. It helps the church to be pastored. It helps the, the, the individuals to be mentored on, on a more intimate level because, because the pastor can't mentor everybody on an intimate level. He can only mentor a certain size. So Jesus had 12 for three years. He ministered to them. He also had 70 and he also had 500. But it was a 12 that had intimate interactions whereby what he carried, he deposited into them. And I somehow want to jump ahead of myself and say this. God wants to use you as an individual in self-ministry so that what you carry, you can deposit it into others. You have no idea what has been invested in you. I remember one time there was a, a service in this particular hall and Prophet Ano was, was ministering. It was a workers meeting. I remember we all sat over there in that corner and, and Prophet Ano uh, came and he went to an individual and he said, there's a gift in you and you don't know it. And what you'll find is that cell ministry will begin to stir the gift that's in you. Cell ministry will begin to uncover what is hidden inside of you. Cell ministry will begin to teach you to get your, your, your utensils, your tools, and begin to dig in the earth. Dig in the earth. The earth is your heart. And it'll help you to dig into your heart by his spirit and begin to find the nuggets that are there. And with those nuggets, he then wants you to then begin to find others. And with those nuggets, you begin to stir them up with what you carry. And so that DNA passes on and it goes on and on and on. And so when it comes to cell ministry, the two areas that I want to focus on today is first of all on the believer and then secondly on the, on the leader. Cell ministry helps you and me as individuals to begin to grow. We have to grow. When a baby comes into uh, the world, God doesn't just throw it into this uh, a massive community for the massive community to raise up the child. No, God brings that child into a family unit. And then that family unit then begins to invest their energies, their time, their passions, their heart, and raise that baby, raise that child into maturity. So it's the same when an individual is born again and they're planted into a church, God actually wants the church to have the small group setting where that, that, that child or that baby Christian will begin to flourish and grow and have that intimate attention and nourishment. 
And many of us who've been called to be fathers and we've been called to be parents for spiritual parents. And when I say fathers, I'm talking about both male and female. Be fathers of the next generation. When I was born again, it was recently I was born again, 1988. And the interesting thing, the interesting thing is that after weeks of being saved, a few weeks, I was plugged into a house group. Weeks. I was asked, and I plugged in. And I would receive the input, and I began to, I found, I began to grow. Now, you need to understand, I lived in Charlton, and the cell was in Battersea. And I worked in West End. And so I would do the traveling. And the traveling was not an issue because I was being fed and I was being nurtured and I was being strengthened. Before this church started, I was involved uh, uh, in two cells. So the third cell was this church in my mother's kitchen. And the first cell that I went into, I received input, and then I, I then moved to another cell because that cell went through a transitioning period where it, it, had, it, it was closed down. And then we went to, I went to another cell, which was Pastor Joe's cell. And in that cell, I was getting the input that I needed. I was getting the attention that I needed. I would have questions. I would, uh, 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 certain things would bug me. And then I'll be able to ask and I'll receive instruction. But what was happening, apart from that, there was a, a spirit that was rubbing off my cell leader, who was Pastor Joe, and onto me. And in particular, I could sort of wrap it up in possibly uh, sort of three words. Transparency, accountability, and also passion for the Lord. Transparency in this sense, what would happen is as human beings, you know, we do our own thing and we trip up and we, we mess up and, do you understand? And so we would, you know, trip up and we will, you know, have difficulties and, and challenges in life and you will be able to go to somebody and be able to say, this is what has happened. But oftentimes what will happen is you won't want to go to somebody and say, I have done this, I've messed up. The beauty about cell ministry is when you go every week and you've messed up and you go and you think, I don't want anybody to know what I've done. And you sit down in a cell and then you try and put your face straight, but then your face looks like that. <laughs> and apart from if you are skilled in having a poker face, then what would happen is your spirit will be radiating that there's something wrong. And so over time, what would happen is I began to learn transparency. The thing about the transparency is what it did was it began to help me to deal with issues a lot quickly. And the more open I was and the more uh, the Holy Spirit will help me, then the more of his presence I was able to carry. Because God wants a righteous people. He wants a pure people. He wants a people who are holy. And so there was this high level of accountability also where you would open up your heart. Now, over the years, I recognize this, there were many, many, many people who didn't want to be accountable. There are many people who wanted to do their own thing. 
Many people wanted to not be, uh, have any kind of influence in certain areas. And I'm telling you, over the years, I saw how things progressed for them. Every time they closed themselves off in terms of being transparent or closed themselves off in terms of accountability, what would happen is they would have a progression that caused them to go weak or, or grow cold, and many of them would leave. But those who were accountable, those who were transparent, those who wanted to have more of the Lord, what we found was these ones were growing from grace to grace and from glory to glory, growing from one level to another level. And I want to declare over you, as you continue to be accountable and transparent before the Lord and allow yourself to be discipled, you shall grow from grace to grace and glory to glory, from one level to another. Can I hear a big amen? And so we have to grow spiritually. How do we do that? We do that in a cell ministry context. Of course, we do it in this wider sense because as the Spirit of God is ministering to people, what would happen is God would deposit things in each person's heart and each, each person's spirit. And they take that and they take the word and then they chew over it and it helps them grow. They're being nourished from this place. But then from week to week, you have a period of, what is it, six days where you also need input. There's a new believer in our church. And they said this. They said, when it comes to Wednesday, they get agitated because they want to go to church. I thought, wow. Because I know some believers You know where I'm going with this. Agitation is a foreign word to them. <laughs> and, I, I thought, and listen, you need to understand, this person is literally about two months old or less in the Lord. They said, they, they, they're thinking, you know, where is church already? Now, they live quite far, so a midweek something is a bit challenging at the moment. And so, and they said this, and I thought, wow, that's the kind of spirit. That's what we want. And so that individual now will begin to grow and develop and increase in the things of God. Christ will be formed in them. And so there is a profound effect on you as a believer when you plug into cell ministry. There's a scripture in Isaiah. I like to read it, Isaiah 61, verse 4. You know, verse 1 Begins like this, for the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the good news. Okay? Verse 4 jumps down and says this, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. The reality is, I firmly believe that Nearly every individual is broken. Every individual has some kind of defects in their soul. There is, there is, there is, as a result of the fall of man, we're, we're broken. We're like the ruined cities. We're, we're, and we need to be rebuilt. And the gospel is so powerful. Because when the gospel is spread and it's shared... It does what it says on the tin. The scripture says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. 
So when the gospel enters, not only does it cause an individual to want to be saved and to, to respond, but then they go a step further. They begin to experience liberty from, from, uh, uh, from the prison. They begin to um, experience being planted in God and in his house. But then when we jump down onto this, it, it, it talks about how God gives them beauty for ashes. He turns a situation around. But in verse 4, it talks about how the old places, the places that are in desolation will be rebuilt and will be repaired. And God does this through cell ministry. And so when an individual goes into a cell and they're there week by week and they're plugging in, they have no idea there is something that is taking place in the background and in their spirit as they're interacting, as they are worshipping, as they are hearing the word, as they are debating, as they're discussing, the Holy Spirit is working in their heart and slowly, little by little, they are changing into the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ. Cell ministry is powerful. Turn to your neighbor and say, cell ministry is powerful. It helps with relationships and friendships. Our broken lives has to be mended. When you look at the life of David, David's such an interesting character and the ministry that he carried. The scripture says, that he had 400 men. He was in a cave called Adulam when he was running away from Saul. And when his family had heard it, the scripture says they all came out to him. Let me read it. It says, in 1 Samuel chapter 22, 1 to 2, it says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to a cave of Adulam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, They went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. This was a, 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 it's like, if we can use it as a, a typology, we have David here who has all these people who come out to him. And he is a captain over them and he begins to minister to them, to nurture them. But the problem was, was these guys had funny backgrounds. These guys had issues. These guys had problems. Some of them were in debt. Some of them were distressed. Some of them were discontented. The the old uh, places were broken down. There were ruins. There was desolation. But by the spirit of God, because David was working with the sheep, When he was a shepherd boy, he was all alone in the wilderness. And while he was there, what was happening was he gathered the sheep and he ministered to the sheep and he protected the sheep and he fought for the sheep and he caused them to to, to move from place to place so they they can graze. And as he learned all of that there, he graduated and then he finds himself in this situation where he has 400 men and he sees that they need feeding, they need strengthening, they need protecting and he builds them up and he builds them up. And he builds them up until they become a mighty force. And I'm saying to you, let us not despise self-ministry. Because it's the very thing that God is going to use to help you, to nurture you, to build you up, to encourage you. Listen, you need to understand, I am a very shy person. Yes. 
Don't worry, that statement even surprises me. I'm very shy. Yes, I'm shy. I had loads of insecurities. And when I last counted, there's still loads. <laughs> loads of insecurities, loads of issues. The background, damage, messed up. I had good mates. But who could really help me? Good mates who would listen to me. It's only when I started cell ministry after I was saved. There was a slow progression of healing and rebuilding and development. And the amazing thing is, God was using somebody else who was on the, their own process of learning and rebuilding and development. And through the interaction, God began to help me and build me and strengthen me. Even though I'm not in a, a um, like for example, what is it? I'm, an, I'm not in an a, 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 a elder cell meeting. Do you understand me? We don't have an elder cell meeting. Um, that's how good. Let me do it again. Elder cell meeting. Listen. It, but we have interaction. It's almost like there's an informal meeting that goes on. And, and the same accountability and the same transparency is going on and the same rebuilding of the, of the waste places and old places is still going on at this level of leaders. Many of us are here and God wants you to plug into cell ministry so he can begin to deal with some of those issues of challenge in your lives and in your heart. If I wasn't in a cell, I tell you, I would have been thrown on the wayside many, many years ago. But God in his kindness, one of the things I thank God for, he gave me grace. I don't know where it came from, obviously it came from him. And he gave me grace to yield, grace to be hungry, grace. I think because I just thought I was rubbish anyway. And if you think you're rubbish anyway, what, what's the point of you fighting? Because you're rubbish, do you understand? And so what would happen is I would, I would then sort of gravitate because I need help. And in those, in those cell meetings, stuff was going on. And so for you as a believer, plug in. I believe that there are some people who have come out of cell ministry donkeys ago. Oh, this is not for me. I'm fed up with this. Nah, I don't need cells. And yes, there may be a category that doesn't need cell in that sense. But you know who you are. You need cell ministry. Because God hasn't finished working with you. And he hasn't finished doing what he needs to do inside of you. And he needs you to plug into that intimate group where you can receive that mentoring and discipleship. But apart from you as a believer being developed in cell ministry, then there's you as a leader. When you look at the life of David, as I mentioned earlier, he starts off, God begins to train him in how to take care of some sheep. And then over time, when he deals with Goliath, then he finds himself in a situation where he is now the captain of, of the men of war in Saul's army. And then time goes by and then Saul then puts him as head of, uh, 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 he was a captain of thousands. He was a captain of a thousand. And then when he begins to run away from uh, Saul, 
He then finds himself, as we read earlier, in the cave of Agilom, and he has 400 men that he's ministering to. Cell leadership is, cell ministry rather, it will develop your leadership abilities. It will develop the leadership call that you carry. Cell ministry will begin to transform how you think when it comes to the leadership call of God on your life. Listen, after one year of being a Christian, I was pushed into cell leadership. One year. Yes, and I use the word push. And you know who did the pushing? After one year, one year, I was a cell assistant to Pastor Joe. After one year. And, uh, and this is where I believe it was in, uh, um, it was in my mom's kitchen. I was a cell Assistant, And then Pastor Joe decided to go on extended missions. And he went to Malaysia. And so here I'm, here I am now, all alone with this cell. So now, not only have I been pushed into cell assistance, but I've been dropped into cell leadership. <laughs> and now I'm having to try and figure out how do we do this, but we didn't have to figure out for long because before I was appointed as a cell leader, assistant cell leader, I'll be asked to share the word for a few minutes. I'll be asked to lead in worship. I'll be asked to do some, fe- uh, some follow-up. I'll be asked to go and do the, uh, uh, the food. And as I did these roles and I just did them without thinking, not knowing I was ready for cell leadership. So when I was dropped in it, I was able then to figure my way out. We read in the scriptures at the beginning that it said, and David served his generation. Let me just, let me just jump ahead of myself. It's really interesting when you, you look at God, when God calls you, when God looks at you, he, he sees the end. He saw David as king. He saw David as the, the, the type of royalty whereby the Christ was going to come out of. That was the model that Jesus was patterning after. His, his, his kingship or his royal lineage was right throughout the ages. That was the call of God on his life. But he started as a shepherd boy. He started very small. And I want to encourage you as you plug into cell ministry and you respond to the call. Because I believe that the Lord is speaking to different ones saying, listen, get into cell leadership. Get into cell leadership. Come on, get into cell leadership. You know, and I want to encourage you, don't fight it. Get into cell leadership. Because what God is trying to do, he is looking at where you are in the small thing that he's asking you to do. And then he's looking down and he's seeing the greatness of what he's, he's set for you. And he's looking at you. And then he looks at the path. And then he's saying, come on, start the cell leadership. Or start this thing that is very small. Because as you take step by step and listen to my command, you are going to be moving closer and closer and closer to the high. I call in Christ Jesus. Can I hear a good amen? Let us not despise cell leadership. I remember 
My wife, Sharon, had a cell in, in our place when we lived in Lee. And I remember very well, she had these young, young people. I'm, when I say young, one of them was like nine. The other one was, I think, 11. That was her cell. And so she's calling on God, Lord, how do I do this? How do I grow this church? Uh, cell, rather. How do I grow this? And the Lord instructs her, just go out. So she goes out. And as she's, as, as she's going out, she says to these young people, we're going to evangelize. Now, you know these young people? I mean, the kids, they were like, yeah, okay. And as they're walking down the road, I think is it Brown Hill Road, uh, going towards Catford, they see this guy on a bike, and the little kids stop the guy on the bike, and then Sharon just sort of steps back, you know, <laughs> because she's petrified. And then what happens is they evangelize this young man. And then she, as she sees the, you know, is you know, that the, the discussion's going on. She comes closer, and then she basically leads him to Christ. After she led him to Christ, she said, look, I've got a cell. Cutting a long story short, that cell was about 20-something people. And in that cell, that's how Trevor got saved. Afria was part of that cell. Chris uh, Ekoto was part of that cell. Listen, you have no idea the many, 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 many people. And listen, even, even Jake Isaac was part of that cell. I kid you not. Jake was there, and there was a real buzz. And in fact, I remember Shimon told me, Les came. He said, what's this about what's going on, going on in, in, uh, in Philip's house? Now, I want to see what's going on. You know, my son is saying, yeah, I want to go sell. I mean, Jake must have been about 14. And I was taller than him then. <laughs> he was about 14. But he would say to his dad, dad, I want to go to sell. Dad, I want to go to sell. And then he, and they were, and they were, he was receiving input with the others. Tyrone, loads of them. And Pastor Les comes there. She won't told me. And he wanted to assess it. And he sat down. His hands, his hands interlocked like this. I think it was under his chin. And then he was just absorbing. There was about 20 odd uh, kids there. Is that right? 20. And he was just, and she once said she was like, you know, Pastor Les is a, is a giant, you know, in the kingdom. And she was like, you know, and she was sharing and she was just sharing. And then basically she got the approval because there was grace. There was fire. There was anointing. And it all started off from little kids who went witness to one person. And as a result of that, many of these people are still in church now. Married, had kids. Can I hear a good amen? amen? You have no idea how powerful this thing, cell ministry is. It's powerful. Powerful. It impacted. It impacted Jake so much that he was, came and he was very involved with the family. Cell ministry, listen, if you would only rise up and say, look, let me start something, you'd be amazed what God can do. You'd be amazed. Karen, where you live, you'd be amazed what God can do, how God can use you, because there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a strong grace that rests in you. You'd be amazed. And here we have David. He starts with a few sheep. And then he graduates where he has 400. But in between that, he's, he's, he's like leading the men of war. And then he graduates to a captain of a thousand. And then he goes into the wilderness. 
having a tough time. And then there are 400 people that he is, or 400 men that he is watching over. And then guess what happens? Because of the leadership capacity that is growing and the leadership anointing that's growing, guess what happens? He then has 600 men. Go and read it. First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 23 and onwards, 22 onwards. It says that he had 600 men. When that problem happened in Ziglag, remember when it was burned? And he, he went, and they went there, and they saw everything burned. All their family was taken. All their goods were taken. And they began to pursue when God said, you know, go and pursue, recover, and take everything back. The scripture says that he went with 600. But 400 went further, and the 200 who were tired, they remained behind. Your leadership capacity will increase. Your leadership capacity will grow. Your leadership capacity will extend. Definition would be uh, uh, created inside of you because of this thing called cell ministry. And then from this point, God is working David, working him so that he can be the king of Israel. That is the end game. King of Israel, if you know how to shepherd a few, God will elevate you so you shepherd many. And God is going to take you and help you to develop on levels. And as you develop on levels, you find then you move to the next level. Cell ministry. There was a time I was, I was bored of cell ministry. There was a time. In fact, even recently, I was thinking, oh, cell ministry. Let me be honest, let me be honest. I was thinking, cell ministry. Oh, then why do I want to do this? Why do I want to do this? And I said, you know, as a pastor, I said, okay, I don't have to do it, but I can get the others to do it. <laughs> no, I want to be involved in cells. And then as you begin to look at the scriptures, and as you begin to look at different models throughout the earth, you see how cell ministry is a profound way God uses to develop people. And he wants to develop you. He wants to increase you. He wants to lift you to another level. One of the things I felt, and I want us to pray into this, is the issue of responding to the call of cell ministry. There are great people in this place. There, there, you know, in you that rest great graces. But think about it. How is it going to be manifested? The great grace that rests on you. How is it going to work itself out? You have to put it under pressure. You have to make a demand of it. And the thing about cell ministry, it begins to make a demand of it. You will be amazed how God is going to use you. You know, and that's why I want to encourage you. You know, the young people, you can reach them. Abraham, the young people, as you just gird yourself up and trust God, you see what he'll begin to do. And then he'll begin to raise you up and he'll begin to stir you up. There is a great ministry that resides in each person. And God wants to cause it to come to its fruition. God wants you to serve your generation. And then you move on to glory. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Cell ministry. Cell ministry. Cell ministry. I want us to stand.
I want you to raise your hand if you, if you feel that the Lord is stirring you and beckoning you to, to get involved in cells. You're not in a cell, but you're kind of feeling, you know what, I need to get into a cell. Let me just see raise, by the raise of your hand. Lift it higher. Wonderful. Now remember what I said, you're feeling the Lord is stirring you to get plugged in, okay? Want us to pray into that. And then also, there are those who, um, you're feeling the Lord is stirring you up in the area of cell leadership. Getting involved in leading a cell or even assisting a cell, okay? If you feel that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I just want to see. Raise your hand higher. Wonderful. Okay. I want you, both those two groups, I want you to come forward. We're going to pray for you. Now, I assume you're coming because you feel challenged about cell ministry. I hope you're coming because you feel as the Holy Spirit is tugging on you. That there's something that he wants you to deposit into others. That he wants you to raise others. I read the scripture the other day. It's talking about how it's the church that that has the manifold wisdom of God. The church. No other organization on the earth has that. Only the church. The manifold wisdom of God. And guess what? A cell ministry is a, like, a, it's like a mini church. So it means what the, what the, what the uh, corporate church has, the, the small cell has the DNA of it. And, and, and as you respond to the Lord, just like the biological cells, what happens is it multiplies, grows, replenishes, multiplies itself. And the Lord, I believe, wants us as a ministry and certainly this church and our different churches to get a hold of cell ministry so that we can see a multiplication of, of what he's doing. And we can impact the community. We can impact our world. I want you all to raise your hands, those who are stood here. And I know we're mixed up, but there are two groups. The first group are those who need to be or feel that they, have to, they should be part of cell ministry. I want you to begin to just to pray. And then the other group where you feel the Lord is tugging you to get into cell leadership, to respond to that call. I'd like Pastor Aisha to come and to help me pray. So just pray, just just connect with God and say, Father, I want to respond. I need your grace. I want you to help me. I want to have the... Uh, the Christ formed in me 
I, I want the ruined places in me to be built up. I want meaningful relationships in this church. Call on God, call on God. I want to connect with the wider body. We do it through cells. Come on, call on God, call on God. And then those who, those who are feeling the, the tug of leadership, I want you to, as you, as you talk to the Lord, just begin to have in your heart that you're going to respond and get trained and then launch out. Father, thank you that you know our beginning and our end, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And Father, I pray for each person here, first of all, for those who you're speaking to concerning being part of a cell. Father, would you give them the grace to hear your voice and to obey your voice, Lord Jesus? Would you lead them into the right cell for them, Lord Jesus? Would you give them the grace to see not just what that they can receive from the cell group, but what they can also contribute, Father? Lord, I rebuke every lie of the enemy that would seek to keep them isolated and alone and afraid, Lord, to open up and let others in. And Lord, I just break the lies of the enemy over their mind that would try and keep them in bondage from being open and accountable and, and letting people in, Lord, to build good, godly relationships. Father, I also pray for those who you've spoken to concerning leading a cell. Again, Father, I just come against the lies of the enemy. Father, distractions that the enemy brings, the love of other things that seeks to choke your word from being fruitful in their lives in this area. Lord, we just uproot it by the power of your name. And Father, I ask that you would just take away every sense of fear about the demand but instead, Father, they would recognize it as sowing into your kingdom. Because, Father, you said what we do for the least of your brethren, we do unto you. And so for the least of your brethren, who that they lead as a cell leader, who they serve and minister to and pray to and advise and counsel and support, that in effect, Lord, they're doing it for you and to you, Lord Jesus. So I just ask for your grace in this area to respond acceptably before you and to follow it through with commitment, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, I also pray for each one that you're calling into leadership. And I pray, Father, that you will continue to stir them, grant them the grace, grant them to take the mantle and begin to run. And that you'll empower them, Father, and bless and anoint them as they receive training and direction. Father, I pray that you use them to reach many. You use them to disciple many. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. continue stand. we're going to minister to the Lord a little bit and then who wants a cell ministry in this church that's on fire huh? 
That's about four people in there. Hello, come on, you know. Help me up here, help me. Huh? Who wants a dynamic cell ministry in this church? Yeah. We're going to minister to the Lord and we're going to pray into that. That the Lord will bring a freshness of his spirit that will blow through each of the cells that we have in this church. Okay? So as we stand, I want us to sing this song. We're going to minister unto him and allow his presence to continue upon us. Hallelujah.